welcome to Minute 18 of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and Tom is still in the cooler. He will be back hopefully next week if, if uh, Von Luger lets him out. And uh, joining me today is uh, Todd now once again of the Forgotten Filmcast. Welcome back, Todd. Thanks for having me. All right. So Minute 18 starts off with the words, Valinsky. The, the continuation of, of the sentence that we got cut off on yesterday with Strachwitz talking. And it goes all the way until here I say similar, which we'll have to find out what that means a little later on. This minute continues the, 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 the scene from, from yesterday where Sedgwick and uh, Danny are trying to, to escape from the prison by uh, pretending to be Russian or pretending to be very uh, badly pretending to be uh, Russian prisoners. Funny the way that, uh, you know, she knows what he's dealing with here, which is, uh, and, and now we, we, we understand also that uh, Strachwitz not only understands German and English, but he also understands Russian because uh, uh, I wouldn't know what Tavarich means if someone said that to me. No, I, I only, one thing in Russian, you know, we talked about that last time. Yavaslui. <laughs> <laughs> And even that was wrong. So, yeah. What what bloody good is that going to do you, Todd? <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. Strachwitz uh, takes throws Cedric out of the out of the line and takes off Danny's cap and surprisingly knows to which prisoner to put the cap on. Yes. Yes. I mean, well, because because you have the the prisoner behind and the prisoner in front. So, which neither of them have hats on. So, it, it could be you never know. Hats in this culture are an identifying pe- you know, person. They are unique to that particular Russian prisoner. It's like how I- I've heard in the Star Wars universe, you know, Ashton Raider, each sand person has their own bantha, which is particularly matched to them. It's the same way with Russian prisoners and their furry hats, I guess. Oh, all right. Well, when, when we have Alex on in a few weeks, we'll have to ask him if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Uh, and then, obviously, Danny takes off his, his jacket. He seems to be a little uh, and, little frustrated about it. And why? Why does he take off the jacket? I mean, they're in a prison camp, and they're scrounging for every resource they can. Keep the jacket, man. Yeah, but it's going to come in especially handy. Especially since he paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he paid for it with, with, uh, you know, with, a, with a cigarette. You know, why not? You're right. That's definitely uh, true, but he seems a little frustrated that he has to get rid of it. And here that he actually knows more Russian because he 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 says thank you. He's, mm. he's a spasiba. Uh, so I guess Danny was lying to Sketch. He was lying to him. Though. You can't trust him, man. We can already count that he knows five other Russian words. And they make this guy a key part of the plan later on. Oh boy, we got to reconsider this. Apparently, apparently. So the Russians start moving out, and then it's very interesting. I, I've never noticed this, but it makes sense when you know what's going to happen. But he actually, Strachwitz lets all this old, uh, the Russian prisoners walk by, and at one point he grabs a pitchfork from right. the hand, uh, from from one of them. Which had you ever noticed this before? When you've seen that? I have, yeah. Because I mean, at first when it happens, I always think, well, what's he just he, he likes to collect pitchforks or something like that. You know, at first it seems a little weird, but it does pay off later. Or. Of course. But now when I saw it this time, I thought he was actually lowering the pitchfork. You know, trying to okay, you're you're holding it up too high. You're gonna, oh, you're gonna yeah. that type of thing. That that's what it seemed like to me. Well, that is that is a good point. 
that Russian guy is holding it in kind of a an unsafe way. I mean, if the guy isn't paying attention for a moment, you know, gets distracted, like out of the corner of his eye, he sees Steve McQueen playing with his baseball or something like that. He's distracted. He turns and look. Next thing you know, he's got a pitchfork in the forehead. That's not a good thing. Oh, pitchfork in the forehead is better than pitchfork in the eye. <laughs> it depends how what velocity he hit it. Because a pitchfork, yeah, that's you true. Know, a pitchfork the, in the in the temple isn't 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 going to be uh, that great if. Uh, we'll do a special yeah. bonus episode to talk about you know the angle of the pitchfork and the velocity and would it really cause that much damage, et cetera, et cetera. And and also and also how sharp is the pitchfork? You know, is it did did they you know or did they uh, you know make all of the tools that the Russians use? They normally should be in order probably to, do. Uh, they, yeah. uh, you know, is it dull? I don't know. Right. Do they put a cork on the pitchfork, you know, so they don't hurt themselves? Yeah. Well. No, well, the cork we don't see there. So, so that that uh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to, you know, take take that one away. Why is the cork on the fork? Yeah. yeah. We had a few good ideas the last two days. <laughs> exactly. All right. Then the the scene switches over and we see uh, Von Luger exiting his office, looking at everyone, looking at the looking at what's going on. He he's got a big smile on his face yeah. too. Well, this is you his know. moment. This he's, is this is the obligatory. Russian commander walks on the porch scene. War movies always have the Russian general walking on the porch scene. It's the way he shows that he's important. That's a good point. And they actually, I think in, uh, in Bridge on the River Kwai, I think you also have some scenes uh, with Saito yeah, uh-huh. that way also. Yeah. Right. Okay. No, I never I never thought about that fact. Uh, Bad guys love to walk on the porch. That's... And he puts on one glove. His other glove is already there. You know, he's uh, he, he's about to go play golf. Um, well, that's where Michael Jackson got it from. That you didn't know that, the one glove thing. Yeah, no, Michael. J- yeah, Ma- Michael Jackson was a huge fan of The Great Escape, and wow. you know he saw yeah. one glove and he went, "Yeah, that's for me." No. I'm kidding, of course. Of course, you're kidding. That's great insight. <laughs> yeah, that, it's possible. And then after that quick shot, we we once again see the trees as the trees are going. Uh, you know, the, the the truck with the trees to the front gate, and uh, Shachwitz walks over, and now we actually see the pitchfork in his hand. Which, like I said, I've never no- I've noticed that he has the pitchfork in the past, mm. but I never noticed where he got the pitchfork from because it's really just a fraction of a second yeah. when he's taking it from him. Well, and you know, as he, well, I was going to say, as he walks up to the to the trucks here, one thing that bugged me is that, and I realized the the uh, the branches got jostled around. There were guys climbing into them and such, but I was thinking they're pretty precariously stacked on there, and it's not like there's paved roads out there. I'm thinking those branches are going to end up falling off by the time the the truck gets you know like 50 yards outside of the the gates oh that's very true there i didn't i didn't even think about that but that that's very true and it, it also makes you wonder why i mean we we know that they cut down the trees you can see in an early i think last week we discussed it that uh, when hilts is walking around you see a lot of tree stumps on the ground so they 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 you know they're just finishing up these are finishing touches right before uh everything really finishes here you know before they finish the camp they're they got to get rid of the, you know, the places to hide. It, it actually, I mean, I'm not kidding at all. It makes perfect sense. They're they're eliminating the camp uh, where, you know, if someone were to make it past the fence, where they could hide. Right. You know. Right. Exactly. And I mean, one of the things that uh, that 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 I found interesting here is, is discussing yesterday about possibly when and where this uh, this was. You know, when this all takes place, it's very possible that this actually takes place in December. Maybe that's the reason why they wanted all the trees. Now, there you go. It, the Christmas party is coming up. 
So they got to get the trees, you know, and these guys, they're trying to escape and they don't realize that Santa Claus is going to come. He's going to bring some goodies in his bag, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a big misunderstanding. Yeah, and, and we'll see what, what uh, Shockwitz's present is. He gets, he gets eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love the, the we, uh, Tom and I have discussed in, in the previous episode, music here, but in the whole movie. Oh. But yes, this scene, I, I the music too. is great because <laughs> because you get a musical tone for each time that he jabs the pitchfork into the into the trees. There's a dun dun. They don't score movies like this, Eddie. I mean, you know. No, 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 not at all. Those moments where every little hit is scored. What it made watching this is is actually two things that are connected. Um, do you remember the movie The Cable Guy? Yes where they do the medieval sequence, which itself is parodying a uh, an episode of Star Trek where Kirk and Spock are forced to fight each other. And in that cable guy scene, Jim Carrey is doing the soundtrack of the Star Trek episode. He's, he's you know, like humming and singing the music of that Star Trek, which has all these hits. You know, every time that he thrusts the weapon, and it's that same type of thing. The music is actually very similar here. That every time it's the, the stack of tree branches with the pitchfork, you get this. Duh, duh, you know, oh, wow. goes in there. <laughs> it's wonderful. Oh, that's that is great. I'll, I'll have to, it's I haven't a seen bit that like in the years. shower sequence in Psycho too. You know, like every stab. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean Bernstein does a great job. And uh, you know, if we've we've got someone lined up. To one of the final weeks of this podcast. Uh, who's she's a music expert who's going to discuss about the music. I mean, one of the things that I, is is that uh, Bernstein was able to to create sub scores for every one of the characters. Now I don't know if that's true or not. Mm. You know, I'm not I'm not enough of a music expert. To, to, to be able to answer that, that would be very interesting. But I mean, this, this just yeah. shows, you know, it, it shows the talent that they're able to, 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 to put in, you know, musical notes at the point when he's stabbing, you know, into his, we, we don't know that, that I see that we, we only saw the two other guys jump in. Yeah. And I think we said we weren't sure exactly who jumped off the roof in there. I always assumed one of them was Ives, but I, I don't know. And we saw Danny climb in at one point, I think. Right. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay. No, but yeah, I was mm -hmm. the only one in this truck. The other two guys jump into the same truck. Unless there was another guy in there who actually did get stabbed when he shoved the pitchfork in there and killed him instantly. And so he never, he never came out, you know, I mean. No, that could be, that could be, that, that, that's definitely true. I'll have to keep that in mind. We'll have to, we'll have to keep watching. Maybe, maybe we'll be able to, 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 to see them drag off the body at some point. A, a moment you know. of silence, please, for the unnamed guy that jumped in with Ives, who got stabbed. Dramatic music cue and was never heard from again. Maybe, maybe it's Merivale who, who doesn't show up in, in the movie at all. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now we know why. Now Ives stands up. Hold it, hold it. And then he, he stands up and, you know, he's, you can tell how short he is because of the way he's standing up. He's 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 not he's not towering over uh, Strachwitz, who's standing on the ground. I I just love the fact that he still has his his shoes around his 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 neck. He's like I'm I'm keeping these. Ives is one of my favorite I'm characters of the these, whole thing. Yeah, going with me no matter where I go. I'm I'm taking my my running shoes or or whatever mm -hmm. they, they they seem to be. Mm -hmm. And then Strachwitz says, at this point, you can see that Strachwitz. No longer has the pitchfork in his hands. He's he's left it in in the 
you know, in, in the, the bundle of trees. What does he take out? He pulls out what we discussed yesterday, what he has sticking out of his shirt. Tom mentioned to me that uh, he found it really interesting that he's carrying around a yearbook. Because it seems like a camp yearbook. You know, it's just, uh, you know, it's the dossiers on, on every single one of those. But uh, how do you get so many to that? Because, it, it, you know, if, you, if there's 600 prisoners in the camp or something like that, you know, what, do they only have like the, you know, top build stars? No. Well, they blubs, you know, they've got, you know, the, the camp football team and the camp band and, you know, the cheerleading squad and all that, you know, and then they divide each page up, you know, so there's a little room for a picture, little short bio, you know, uh, you know, what activities they were involved in and, and where they're planning on going to school. You need a couple of edges in there <laughs> so they can write on there, you know, thanks for a great war. See you on the next one, you know, something like that. Exactly. And, uh, so, so then Strachowicz asks for his, just his name, meaning we already know that where this is going. Just just tell me who you are, you know. And he goes, <laughs> Ives. He goes, ah, yes, Ives. Now, again, the, the you know, he's able to flip through pretty quickly and, and find Ives in there. You can, you, can, you can see that they have a picture of every one of them in this uh, yearbook that we've already mentioned, you know, the Tom's, Tom's way of... Uh, mentioning this is, is calling it a yearbook. I never would have thought of calling it a yearbook. So that, that's, uh, that's definitely, it makes sense that that's a yearbook. Yeah. <laughs> they got, as you said, they got, they got pictures of everybody so that they know where to, they know where they should be their names and stuff like that. And he goes, Oh yes, Archibald Ives, Scott, which in, in the, the original script, he was a New Zealander. They, you know, I guess, I guess once they, they got, uh, you know, once, once they cast the, the, the actor, they decided to, to change it because, you know, when you when you have someone like Angus Lenny, I don't think they can he can really pull pull it off as as a New Zealander. So let's just let's just make him a Scot. <laughs> well, well, you also from Australia. I mean, come on. <laughs> but he's because he's American. He can, you know, American can do anything. Got it. <laughs> exactly. And he's, that fo- your photograph doesn't do you any justice. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> I was just thinking. I'm like, is is this supposed to be Who's mugshot? Whose mugshot makes them, it, you know, gives them justice? I mean, uh, Nick Nolte, <laughs> Mel Gibson, you know. Well, the the whole exchange is a little weird because I'm thinking that'd be an insult because he says the the photo doesn't give you do you justice, which I'm thinking to me I would interpret as saying you're much handsomer than your photograph is. Ives responds by saying I'd like to see you under similar circumstances, yeah. you know, and I'm thinking. Wait a second. He just paid you a compliment. He said that you look better than your photograph. So, you know, the, the two should have been buds at that point. You know, I, I don't know. Exactly. There's <laughs> definitely. And, and I love how when, when, when I was just talking, he takes out his hat. You know, he pulls out his hat from his, from, he's holding it on his hand, takes his hat, and is about to, to put it on his head. All right. Do you have anything else for the, this minute? Uh, I think we covered it. All right. So why don't you once again tell everyone how they can get in touch with sure, you? Sure. The blog is Forgotten Films. That's at ForgottenFilmCast.wordpress.com. Uh, the podcast, The Forgotten Films, on pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Forgotten Films. It's films with a Z. All right. And while you're doing that, you can come rate and review and subscribe us on any podcatcher that you're using. You can uh, come and talk to us on our Facebook group, The Cooler. Which again, Tom is still there for another another few days. He'll he can respond to you uh, probably quicker than than any of the rest of us. And you can uh, contact us on Twitter via Great Escape MXM. 
our website's com, and our email is thegreatminute at gmail.com. So, until tomorrow, tally-ho! Tally-ho! Tally-ho!